Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. I'm aware that uh, some of you know me and some of you, you don't know me. So I am going to start, as Steve said, just by saying a little bit about me. So again, Steve said, I've been in this church for quite a while. I've actually been here for 34 years. I was very, very young when I first arrived. Um, I don't think I imagined I'd still be here 34 years later, but uh, I am. Now, I I work freelance. Uh, My business card says I'm a writer and wildlife guide. That's, That's reasonably accurate, actually. And uh, I say freelance, my daughters used to call it free range. Um, so you can think of me as working free range if, if you prefer that. And I'm also a, tr- a trustee of Arosha UK, which, which Steve mentioned. I've been involved with Arosha for a very long time. Um, you may be wondering what Arosha means. It's Portuguese for the rock. It's a Christian conservation organization. Its first field center was established in Portugal, hence, hence Portuguese and the rock and it defines its mission as equipping Christians to protect and restore the environment for God, for nature, and for all people. So it's it's a good mission, it's a good organization. If you want to know more about them, uh, the URL, the website address should be on your screen so you can check them out. Okay, so enough about me. Um, Let me just introduce this session to you. So, some weeks back, when Angie Campbell was speaking, she talked about four key relationships. So she talked about our relationship with God, our relationship with ourself, with other people, and with the rest of creation. And this whole series is about our relationship with the rest of creation. Now, last week, Steve, and he, he, I thought he did a, a great introduction, laid some great foundations. So Steve laid some of those biblical foundations for creation care, for why we should care. And he talked about God's five interventions through the, the big Bible story from the very beginning to the second coming, to, to, to a new heaven and a new earth. Next week, Steph Bryant is speaking. Steph is a science faith communicator. She's got a conservation science training and she's speaking about practical things that you can do for creation. Now, this week, I'm kind of turning that upside down because I'm speaking more about what creation can do for you. It's almost creation caring for us. So let's just start thinking about that. We depend on creation. It's not there solely for our use, for our exploitation, but we do depend on it. So it provides our food. It provides our water, it provides building materials. There there are medicines derived from nature. So aspirin is derived from the bark of willow trees. And uh, there's a drug that is a a cure, not a preventative, a cure for cerebral malaria, which is derived from the sweet wormwood plant. And that goes back, I think, I think a couple of thousand years that the Chinese were, were using that plant to to ease fevers. And I read recently that some cells from a moth called the fall 
armyworm. Moths have got some strange and wonderful names, but the fall armyworm, some cells from that moth have been used in the process to develop the Novavax COVID-19 vaccine. Um, so, you know, we do depend on nature. It gives us the, the very air that we breathe. And actually, if you think about it, nature is where God placed us. You know, it's the fantastic home that he created for us. And within that home, he's given us some wonderful resources to help us thrive. There, there are some softer uh, gifts from creation as well. So if you think of poets and musicians who are inspired by, by nature, and then, of course, creation is good for our mental health. And that's largely what I want to talk about today. Now, the, the COVID cloud has, has hung heavy over much of the world for most of the last year. And it's been a very tough time. There's been a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, a lot of worry. But one thing that's happened is that many people have noticed nature, creation, like never before. So they've been walking in it, they've been looking at it, and perhaps more than anything else, they've been listening to it, they've been hearing birdsong. And whilst our world felt like it was being turned completely upside down, the rest of creation more or less carried on regardless, and in the process gave us some wonderful respite from one of the toughest times in recent history. So, you know, God's put us somewhere that is good for us, and, you know, what a, what a fantastic gift that is. Now, science supports the fact that nature is good for our mental well-being. Um, there's research that shows that it's good for our immune functioning, for our mood, for feelings of well-being. It's been shown to reduce stress levels uh, and feelings of being overwhelmed. And this isn't just about exercise. So there's some research that compared walking in a park to walking on a city street. And after walking in the park, it was much easier to concentrate effectively. So it's not just about exercise. There's something intrinsic in our relationship with nature that is good for us. And nature's also been shown to lower our pulse rate, our blood pressure, our muscle tension, to, to reduce stress levels. And it can do that very quickly. So even 20 minutes a day can have a good effect. And as little as two hours a week, some other research has shown, can be good for you. I've got a, a quote or two from MIND's website. So MIND is a mental health charity. Many of you may know that. But just listen to these quotes. I love taking the time to be mindful of all the beautiful green spaces around me. Watching the birds and squirrels always has a calming effect and takes me out of my own head. And this one. I've had mild to moderate problems of anxiety, depression, and OCD all my life. And in recent years, volunteering on my local city farm, so that's contact with nature, has been the most therapeutic thing I've ever done. So God has placed us in a home that is good for us. Now, you may think that's all very well, but where's the, where's the biblical basis for this? 
Well, first thing I would say is don't see science and faith as, as enemies. They're, they're really not. And there was a, a scientist who was around four centuries ago, a man called uh, Johann Kepler. And he's the man behind the... Um, basically, he, he described the law, or he wrote the law, that describes um, the way planets orbit the sun. Um, now, he was a Christian. And he said, science is thinking God's thoughts after him. So just think about that for a moment. Science is thinking God's thoughts after him. It means God got there first. You know, he had the great ideas first. And I think science has still got a bit of catching up to do. Um, so perhaps it's not surprising that science is finding that creation can be good for our mental well-being. But I've got some... Uh, some biblical basis as well. So Psalm 19, verse 1, just read the beginning of Psalm 19. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. So the heavens proclaim the glory of God. They're saying something of how glorious God is. And then in Romans, so this is Paul writing, Romans 1, verse 20, it says, Ever since the creation of the world, his eternal power and divine nature, invisible though they are, have been understood and seen through the things he has made. So that's Paul saying creation points people to God. It tells them something about his eternal power and his divine nature. I mean, that alone is, is good reason to, to look after creation well. Now, as I said earlier, there's been a lot of fear and anxiety and worry during this time of COVID. And I think that being able to see something of God's, of God's glory, of his eternal power, of his divine nature, can help us get through that. And there are some some New Testament prescriptions to help with this as well. So you may not have realized Jesus had a prescription for fear. So basically, Jesus' prescription for coping with fear was, well, if you're afraid, take two sparrows. Okay? So this is from Matthew chapter 10 and verses 29 to 31. So Jesus says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your father. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Now, sparrows, still relatively numerous, but 50 years ago, there were many more. And in biblical times, I imagine there were more sparrows and similar birds, which probably all got called sparrows, um, than we could possibly imagine. And this passage is saying... I know about all those sparrows. I care about each one of those sparrows. So clearly, God cares about us. And it says, don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. And then, what about worry? Well, again, there's a Jesus prescription for worry. And this one might surprise you. If you're worried, what Jesus suggests is that you take up bird watching or botanizing. Um, that you take up looking at birds or looking at plants. Okay, now I'm kind of uh, 
um, stretching that one a little bit perhaps, um, but this is from the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 31. So here we go. It says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. So here you go. That's Jesus' instruction telling you to become a bird watcher. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? Now I know it's hard not to worry, but um, there's a prescription there from Jesus to help us not worry. And I know times have been tough, I know they've been tougher for some than others, but you can trust God to provide. Don't worry. And there are, there are secular green prescriptions as well, which are becoming uh, increasingly accepted. And uh, last summer, George Eustace, the Environment Secretary, gave a speech during which he acknowledged that uh, nature is good for your mental well-being, and he announced a four million pound uh, pilot project to pilot green prescriptions in four areas that have been heavily hit by COVID. Um, Jesus spent time in nature, of course, as well. And in Jesus's day, most people would have had a very strong connection to the land. They would have known that they depended on it, much more, I suspect, than many of us do today. And there were towns and cities, of course, um, but I just want to talk briefly about two key events in Jesus' life where nature is uh, the setting. So the first one is Jesus' temptation. So the account in Mark 1 says the Spirit, so obviously Jesus, the Son, the Father, the Holy Spirit, they've, they've known each other for a long time. And it says the Spirit sent him, sent Jesus, into the desert and that he was with the wild animals. So, you know, for that time of uh, great testing and temptation, that happened in the wilderness, you know, in the desert, in, in untamed nature. So maybe if there's something you're struggling with, finding some nature to, to do that talking, to work, to work it through, could be a good thing. The other... Um, event I want to talk about is in Matthew 26. So this is the Last Supper and the events just after the Last Supper. So in verse 18 of Matthew 26, Jesus tells some of his disciples, he says, go into the city to a certain man and, and you know, tell him I'm going to celebrate the Passover in your house. So he's saying go into the city. Jesus is in the city. And we know pretty well what happens during the Last Supper. You know, they, they eat the Last Supper. Um, Jesus tells them that one of them is going to betray him. They, uh, the first communion takes place. Uh, Peter says he'll never desert Jesus, and, and Jesus tells him, actually, you will, and you'll do it three times. Now, 
Jesus knew the big plan, and he knew that that big plan included him being arrested um, and a brutal, brutal execution. And he wanted to pray. He wanted to talk to his father about this. Now, if that was me, um, I don't think I would be... Well, I think I'd be praying here now urgently. Um, but Jesus didn't do that. And if he'd wanted private space, maybe he could have found a room there or he could have told the disciples, can you go, please? I need a bit of space. But he didn't. He chose to leave the city and to walk to the Garden of Gethsemane at the foot of the Mount of Olives. So he chose for that really tough conversation, that really um, challenging time to go and talk to his father surrounded by nature. So I want to finish just by suggesting some things that you can do to make some positive connections with nature, to turn this into something practical. So, we, you know, the Bible's telling us to, to look at creation, to, to consider it, um, you know, to think about it when we're afraid or worried. And, you know, if it does, and it does, tell us anything of God's glory, his power, his eternal nature, that's got to help us with some of the, uh, the challenges we face. So the first thing I would say is, if you can, get out there, get out there in nature. Now, I know that might not be as easy for some of you as, as others, but don't just walk through nature. Take the time to notice it. You know, be deliberate, be intentional at looking at something natural. Maybe even write down a few words about how it makes you feel or what you, what you see, what it feels like. Um, or maybe go out there and birdsong, there's more and more birdsong happening at the moment. That's going to build for a couple of months yet. But listen and maybe just give yourself a minute in complete silence and just listen. Just soak it up. And if you're with someone else, you could share with them, talk with them about what it makes you think how it makes you feel. But the key is to, to actually deliberately, intentionally make that connection. And, and the other thing I would say is, you know, if you are wrestling with something big at the moment, maybe it's worth finding somewhere, you know, your own Garden of Gethsemane that you can go and talk that through with your father. And if you can't get out, there are some online resources that could help you as well. You could look out the window and do some of these things. Uh, but there are some online resources. There's a, a series of uh, immersive meditations, videos with reflections and uh, some Bible verses that Lee Abbey in Devon have put together. And again, the website for those should be on the screen. Um, but what I'd like to do is just finish with some images which will appear on your screen. Um, and, well, I hope they will say something of the wonderful creativity of our father in the big and in the small and something of his his divine nature his eternal power and when the last image is there I'm just going to close with a short prayer
thank you for the wonderful gift of creation, the home you've given us. Lord, help us to be aware of it, to notice it, to enjoy it, and to find healing in it. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, David, for that great message. There's so many practical things there at the end that we can do in regard to getting into and appreciating nature. But let me finish with this verse that David read and remind you of it. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. We serve a God who's the creator God. He values all of his creation. He doesn't say the, value, the, 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 the sparrows are not valued. They are valued to God. It's just it says you are of more value. And if you've never ever given your life to the creator God, the one who knit you together even in your mother's womb, and submitted your plan and purpose to him, you can do that right now. I'm going to pray a prayer. And we pray this in our service or something similar each week so as that you can connect with the ultimate one, the God of all creation, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it's a prayer that just is a conversation with God, says, I'm sorry for the way I've lived, self-centered. I want to start afresh with you. Or maybe that you once walked with God, you can use it to recommit. And we just ask that you will let us know in some way. You can make a, a comment in the box here on Facebook or on YouTube. You can send us an email. Send us a letter like some of you do from the prisons that say, yeah, I've made a decision to follow Jesus. Pray this with me. And then in some way, let us know that we can help you on the next stage of the journey. Say this, Lord Jesus, today, I give you my life. I believe that you are Lord of all. Forgive me for self-centered, sinful living. Today, I choose you. I put you first. Help me from this day forward to follow you with all my heart. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. As I say, do let us know. We want to know that decision that you've made. We're going to finish this part of our service with a song of worship. Wherever you are, join in with the worship team as they lead us. Then after that, we're just going to come with a short interview with David, asking a few questions. You can send questions in on the screen. They'll come up and we can use them or ask him some that we've prepared ahead. But let's, wherever you are, connect with this last song of worship as we worship Jesus. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you.